Welcome! You're listening to audio of Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. At ICC, we are being transformed by Jesus to impact our world. Wherever you are as you listen today, we want you to know that we love and appreciate you. We're so glad you're here. We hope today's message will help you grow in relationship with Jesus. You can access more gospel resources and ways to connect with our church at iccmemphis.com. Thanks again for joining us. Okay, good morning. The lights are on, the microphone is on, and David Frazier is here. I'm glad to be here. I, uh, I've been going through jet lag and COVID boosters. Uh, you guys had an ice storm. There's been many ways I couldn't be here, but I am here, and I'm grateful to be here. Uh, my name is David Frazier. Uh, your pastor Barrett is still on sabbatical. I think he'll be back soon. Um, I am what do we call the global missions coach. You don't have to call me Coach Frazier, and I don't wear sport gear, but it means that I help guide and give leadership to the missions endeavors here at ICC with the leadership, as well as help coach and train you in cross-cultural ministry, whether it's here in Memphis, here in the States, or overseas. So that's what I do. My wife, Vicki, and I do it a lot of it together. Um, so I'm grateful to be here on this third and final part of the series. Uh, the other guys have set me up for this, and I'm really excited. Um, this year, you know that the theme is Go, of Go Month is Global God, Global Vision, and Global Christian. We came up with this back in October, and you, you could ask why is this a, a theme for this month that we do each year. We really believe this is the normal pathway for how each of us discover God's heart for the nations and become engaged in his mission. We have to see all three of these happen in our lives. We have to understand them. So um, week three, which is today, is going to be global Christian. What does it mean? And I'm going to try to unpack that for you today. And our passage is going to be in Isaiah 6. Um, week one, we had fun going through a lot of scripture. Matt and Tommy took you through from Genesis to Revelation. And you, what I love about that and you might have said, David, I didn't have a time to go through my Bible, even with my smartphone, and keep up with them. We hope you were overwhelmed by that, because what you saw was that missions didn't begin in Matthew or Acts. It begins in Genesis, and it goes throughout the Old Testament, and it goes all the way to the book of Revelation when, when we're, we're surrounding the throne to worship the Lamb, people from every nation and tribe. And so what you see in that is missions doesn't just happen in the New Testament. And we see that global missions is about a global God. Why are we into missions? Because God is a missionary God. So I hope you saw that global thread throughout of all of scripture. If you uh, got lost in all of that scripture, please uh, contact us. We would love to give you the list and show you how every book of the Bible will show you that God has a heart for the nations. You know, we often think in the Old Testament, God just loved Israel, and then we get to the New Testament, and he loves the church. That's not it. He's always had a heart for the nations. And we saw that in the Old Testament, Israel had always struggled with this. When they asked for God's blessing, and when God blessed them, it was for a purpose. 
They were blessed to be a blessing to other peoples. They weren't blessed to just keep it all to themselves. So week one was singing a global God and his heart for the nations. Week two, Mark got to take us, show us that the whole vision of taking the gospel to all peoples. Uh, Ta ethne is the Greek word meaning all peoples. We often use the word nations. But that's not what the Bible is talking about, geopolitical nations with boundaries. We love maps. I love maps and all the little colors. That's not how God sees the world. He sees the world as peoples, individual ethnic people with language, different languages. And Mark touched on this area of engaging the least reached. And you may say, what, what do we mean by the least reached? Don't we have least reached right here or across the street? And we may. But there's a key principle here that we want you to catch here at ICC. Everyone needs the gospel the same all over the planet, but not everyone has the same access to the gospel. And what do we mean by that? We mean there are barriers, like language barriers, cultural barriers. Some of these are bigger than even the distance. We have distance barriers. Politics, government. Some of these people groups are way out in the, up in the mountains or in the deserts. So we may say, oh, is that what you mean by unreached? No, it could be the culture is keeping them from the gospel. So we all need the gospel the same, right here in Memphis, all the way to the mountains of Mongolia. But not all of us have the same access. And that changes the perspective of why we go. But here's the exciting thing. And Mark got to touch on this. And he actually brought friends from a uh, unreached people group right here to ICC last week. God is moving these peoples around the globe through migration, as refugees, as immigrants, as students, bringing them closer to us, closer to the gospel, but not just here in the States. They're moving people all over the world. I just spent a couple of months in a country in the Middle East, and the main stress that country is feeling is the millions of refugees that have poured into that country. But why would God be bringing all this stress to the world? Well, he knows it's shaking countries up. And every country is struggling with, with these new visitors among them. Well, it's all about God bringing the gospel to these unreached peoples. If we're not able to get to these people, God says, I will bring them closer to the gospel. And he's brought them right here to our city. So week three... We're going to be looking at the global Christian. Okay, God is on a mission to all peoples, we've learned. There are millions with no access to the gospel. What's our personal response to these? Well, it's to be global Christians. Not worldly Christians, but global Christians. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to get real personal with you today. So I'm, I'm not generally a preacher. Uh, I'm going to share a lot from my own personal story. Uh, and this stuff is really deep and it's really heavy for me a little bit. And I hope I don't get emotional, but I want you to see what a global Christian is because our goal is that every one of us would be a global Christian. Uh, we just don't get a pass on this. And I hope you get to see that today. So our core truth, uh, as Barrett teaches us always to have is global Christians. They know to whom they belong. You know who, to whom you belong. They recognize God's mission to all peoples. Okay, that's the big vision. That's how far we're going with this. They see the disparity of the gospel worldwide. They see that there are, as, Bear, as Robbie said, half the planet is in darkness. 
And there are huge pockets of millions of people that don't have access to the God. They see that, and then they commit to personally discovering their particular contribution to God's mission to all peoples. And so I am going to be challenging that way this morning. So we'll, we're going to unpack this right now. So here's the question based on if you've been here the last two weeks. Can we ignore or deny these truths? No, the scriptures are very clear. I Hopefully you don't get away with going, I didn't even know that this was a global religion like this and God wanted to reach every corner. Yeah. So can we deny these truths? No. Can we dismiss these truths by saying, well, God hasn't called me to that. What do we mean by that called? Uh, God has not called me to go. Oh, is that what you mean? Uh, get on an airplane and go somewhere. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Can we really say God hasn't called me to care about his heart to reach the peoples? No, we can't say that. Can we really not be involved in his mission? Do you really want to say that to God? I know that's what your passion is, Lord. I know that's what's driving all of history. I'm not interested in that. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. What is a calling? What do we mean by calling? You know, often we we like to think uh, certain people get a calling. Do only a few receive a calling in life? I'm going to challenge you with that. You know, I'm often introduced. This is David Frazier. David was called to be a missionary. You know, this is Robbie. He was called to full-time ministry. What about the rest of us? Doing our own thing. <laughs> Just found a good, you know, got into this school. I'm studying this degree. I hope I make a good living. Is there a calling on your life? Oh, no, no, let's don't go that far. Okay, why are you living here? Oh, it's not a calling, but David, David was called to live in the Middle East because he has a burden for these. Come on, guys. Stay with me here, okay? Let's hope the power stays on and I'm going to take you through a little journey today. So you know where I'm going, don't you? Okay, so next slide here. How do we discover our calling to global missions? I'm going to show you. Is every follower of Christ called to missions? Oh, David, is everybody called to global missions? Lock the doors. I'm not, until we're done, I hope you can answer that question, okay? Let's look at how the Lord called one of his servants, Isaiah, as a young man in the year 740 BC. That's right. Isaiah was probably the age of some of you in his 20s. And this guy really got a vision of God, okay? Um, let's look uh, at Isaiah 6. And the first thing God does for Isaiah to understand his calling in life is he wants him to see God correctly. All these songs we've been singing up here, is just, I feel like, I don't know, did you guys look at my notes? But all that worship of God, that was all about seeing God correctly. And so first thing we need is a revelation of God. So Isaiah 6, first, first four verses says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. Can you all imagine this? Anyone ever had a dream like this? You won't recover, I'm telling you. High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So we often think of, you've been to a, a wedding, and you think of a, a train being what, 15, 10, 20 feet? This filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, these angels. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy. One just wasn't enough. Two wasn't enough. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations 
of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Okay, this is the first thing God wants Isaiah to see. He doesn't come in and tell him, I need some help on my mission. He says, the first thing you need to see is see who I am. First step is in discovering our calling to God's mission, to what God is about, is seeing God as he is in his holiness, his complete sinlessness, his beauty, his glory, and recognizing he is God of the universe. This is God's way of saying, first things first, you need to know who I am. This will clear up all things for you. When you think of any of your friends that you, you say, I wish they would know the Lord. I wish they would come to Christ. I wish they would abandon their way of life and turn to God. What do they need? They just need to see God. You all with me? They don't need to see me. They don't need to see church. They need to just see God. Because if they could see God and that he is God of all creation, all peoples, all nations, and deserves and seeks worship from all. That would be enough. Guys, if this roof could lift right now and we could see the Lord high and lifted up, the sermon is over. There's nothing else for me to say. You all know what you need to know. Are you following me? This is incredible what God gave to Isaiah. What's going on in heaven? If we could just lift this and say, Robbie, sit down, man. You're doing great, but you're done. We're just going to see heaven now. And there's a choruses of angels singing, holy, holy, holy. Guys, everything would be clear. Oh, is this? Oh, 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 this is what's going on in reality. Gosh, guys, we, reality TV, reality. What's reality today? If only God would show us heaven and see all the peoples worshiping him from every corner of the planet. You'd know what to do. I'd know what to do, wouldn't we? What does Piper say? Missions exist because worship doesn't in so many places. We engage in taking the gospel to the ends of the earth or right across the street. Why? so that all peoples can see God and worship him. That's the goal, worship. So the first thing Isaiah needs to see is to see God correctly, okay? I'm gonna make a note here. Isaiah's vision becomes the defining moment in his life and ministry. This changes him forever. And this is God's way of setting him up so that his message will always be affected by this first vision. This vision will define everything else by how he relates to God. He will define everything in his message by how it relates to God, his glory, his holiness. Why? Because he never got over his vision. Do you see that? Like, how do I prepare Isaiah for this? I should teach him what he's going to say, give him his prophetic messages. No. We need to see the Lord and never get over it. Are y'all following me? Those of you that are still in love with Christ are because you met him and you've never gotten over it. And that's why you want to tell other people about it. Interesting, Isaiah's name means the Lord Yahweh saves. And so we're going to look at, uh, we're, going to, we're going to see how that comes out. Have you seen the Lord, the God of the universe? 
sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, with his angels crying, holy, 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 overwhelmed by his holiness and glory. That's what the Lord wants you to do. When you really see the Lord in his holiness, you're totally aware of who you are, that you are not holy. Do you see how God is doing? First see me, and then you're going to see yourself correctly. That's what God says. First see me, and then you will know who you are. What did Moses, the burning bush, take your shoes off, Moses. Where are you? Moses like, I, I, I don't know if you know me. Just shut up, Moses. I need to show you who I am. And you'll know a lot about the rest of your life. So that moves us to the next step. Part two, seeing yourself correctly. And we will see the redemption of God. This is what, this, what you need to, to understand your calling. So in verse five, Isaiah says, I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He's done. Woe is me. We don't use that word much these days. I'm ruined. I'm overwhelmed. I'm aware of my sin. So Isaiah is fully aware of his sin, his need of cleansing. You know what the King James says, I'm undone. I love that word, I'm undone. <laughs> I'm coming apart. I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. He knows something is broken in him. Have you been overwhelmed by God? Have you seen his holiness? Have you seen yourself correctly? Have you fallen down before the Lord saying, woe is me, I am unclean? And the exciting thing is, how does God respond? Verse six, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Isaiah means Yahweh saves, okay? So Isaiah is unclean, he's being cleansed, his sin is being atoned for. We can't clean ourselves. God must do it. So I asked you, has God touched you and said, your guilt is taken away, your sin is atoned for? Okay, experiencing the redemption of God is the next step in knowing your calling. You're like, David, I thought this was a missions conference. What do you mean calling? Are you, I, I don't understand this calling word, David. I thought we were just going to talk about missions for a while and say, anybody here want to go? Raise your hand. We got a couple, Lauren, in this great. Um, no, guys, that's not what this is about. This is, a, this is a different calling we're going to be talking about. So let's go keep on going here. Once you've experienced this salvation, you become fully aware that you were once lost and now you're found. You were blind and now you see. You belong to another. You belong to the devil. Boy, are these unpopular words to talk about today. Satan's for real? Yes. Hell's for real? Hell's for real. Gee, that's not really, that is so unpopular. Well, that's the real. You belong to the devil, and now you belong to God and his kingdom. Guys, you've been bought with a price if this is the path you've been down. You're not your own anymore. You're his, okay? Isn't that, doesn't that clear some things up? 
What is God wanting Isaiah to see? I am atoning your sin. I am buying you. Okay? So that lead, what's the next step? Knowing your purpose correctly. So here's Isaiah. He's, he's having the call of God on his life. Wait a minute, David. Is this a call to a vocation, to a job? No, that's not what this is about. And I, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here am I, send me. Okay? Isaiah knows who he belongs to. So the next slide. When you see God, see God for who he is, recognize you're undone, embrace his provision of salvation. You're redeemed, you're bought. The Lord puts his seal on you, indwells you, and you become his forever. You say, David, we know these things. Good, I'm reminding you of these things. I'm taking you through a reminder. And we have to remind ourselves of this at least every week, okay? You're already called by God. So you say, we're already called. Yes, there's already a calling on your life. That's why we shouldn't use that word only for these special ones, these special people with special jobs. David here, this is David. He's got a calling on his life. Come share with us, David. I never like that. This is the calling on my life. This is where it started. The rest of it I figured out, and you will too. You don't need a special call from God to give him your life, do you guys? Your vocation, your family, your resources, your future. He already has a right to that. Wow, David, that's kind of heavy. Well, that's part of the deal. When you see the Lord and he redeems you, he gets it all, does he not? Let's keep going with this. Are you waiting for God to give you a special call on your life? Don't know what to do with my life. Not sure what I'm going to do. What do you do? You're looking for a vocation? You're looking for a major? You're looking for grad school? Are you waiting for God to say, I want it all? Guys, this is something we came up with. You know, I got saved, but I just didn't give it all. I got saved, but I did my own thing for a while. We have these testimonies, don't we? I did them too. I was in high school and college just like you. I'm just taking you down the normal Christian life path. This is what God meant from day one, guys. I want it all. You're waiting for, I want it all. I want you to come serve me and with your vocation, your job, your time, your resources, your family. This church gets up and says, who wants to help out? Who will serve? Yeah, I'm not really called to that. I'm not sure I can give to that. Okay, the Lord says, I, I already have it all. The question is where you serve, guys. Um, are you waiting for God to call you by saying, I want 100% out of you? Can you imagine, Isaiah, what part do you want? How much do you need? Where are we going? Isaiah said, send me. Where are we going? I don't know, but you, you're, you just, you got me. I know who you are. I've seen you in your glory. I know what's going on in heaven. This place is just a distraction. That's reality. Thanks for reminding me. I don't know how Isaiah experienced this. I saw the Lord. Did he really see the Lord? Was it a vision? Was it a dream? Right? Are we waiting? I want your faith to be full-time in everything you do. 
We like to think we can be part-time Christians for a while, and then I just want to give it all this time. Lord, here it is. I'm going to give you, I finally decided to give you. Actually, I'm taking it back for a little while, and then I'm going to give it back, right? Isn't that how we go through life? But guys, this call that he has it all is already on your life. Let's keep going. So follow my logic here if you want to know where a calling for God's mission is. We're, we're all called to God because we've been redeemed by him. Amen? Amen. God's mission on earth from the beginning of history, we've already seen that. You see how we're showing you this is the normal path? From the beginning of history, throughout, from Genesis to Revelation, has been to gather worshipers from among all peoples to his throne. That's what he's about. That's what's driving history. God's not about doing anything else. This is his plan A from the beginning of history. So we're called by God. This is what mission he's on. Therefore, I must join in his mission to the nations by finding my role. Is that it, David? Is that your message? That's kind of my message. Do you see that? I hope it's simple. Because this is how it happens in your life. There's not a sophisticated thing here. This is reminding you of the basic truths that we have. So, do you want an answer from the Bible? We've already given to you from week one. You see that God's heart for the nations. Do you need data based on the need, the state of the world? We've explained that to you in week two. Do you need someone to challenge you personally to consider going? It's called Go Week. That's week three. Okay, you're getting it right here. I'm challenging you. David, are you asking me to go? Are you asking me to quit my job and go somewhere? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm asking, God's going to ask you to take your job with you and go somewhere. Are you asking me to get on an airplane? Not necessarily. Are you asking me to sell my house and go somewhere? Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. And we like to go, well, what does he really mean by that? Uh, to go into a go. So we all got to go. Yeah, we all got to go. When this service is over, we're going. Aren't we going into the world? Okay. Oh, I see, David. So we don't all have to get on an airplane and learn a foreign language and live in a country. You know, some of us are going to have to, guys. I'm sorry. Some of us are going to have to. And I'm not just talking about America. We got more missionaries going out of Nigeria, China, Korea these days. They're actually doing better than we are. It's just going to take the church, and it's going to take crossing cultures. We can't stay in our culture and get the job done. So what part do I play? Okay. First things first, see the Lord. Know who you belong to. Do only pastors and missionaries have a calling? I've already told you the answer is no. Don't ever use that word around here. Do you hear me? Why'd you go into that line of field? Well, I mean, I thought I was pretty good at science, thought I would study to be a dentist. What are you going to do with that? What's your calling in that? My calling? Whoa, that gets a little heavy. We have a calling from God. He gets it all. So what does he want me to be? Probably a global Christian dentist. It's that simple. Oh, you mean I got to go be a dentist in Africa? I didn't say that. But he gets it. He gets your dentistry. You follow me? I'm just a teacher. Uh, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm called to be a teacher. Yes, you are. You're a teacher. He's made you to be a teacher. You're called. You get educated. You enjoy it. You're good at it. Others think you're good out of it. Hopefully, you make a living doing it. But we're all global Christians. 
You're not getting out of this room till we get that one straight, okay? <laughs> Next slide. Hopefully you're going with me. Oh my goodness, who is this kid? Yeah, this is my younger brother, David. No, that's me, 19 years old. Let's get real personal. How did my journey go? Y'all ready? <laughs> I knew you'd love that. Okay, that was me, actually. So how did I get here in this journey? First, next slide. Um, first, I had a revelation of who God is. That's the first thing I had to know is see God. God couldn't have said, you know, would you help me with these needs? Do you see, David, all these poor people over here in the other world? That's not, that's not the first step, guys. You've got to see the Lord. You've got to see him in heaven. You have to see it's about worship. And he's the Lord of the universe. And he redeemed and bought me. And you know what I said to the Lord? I can remember it. All I am and have belong to you, Lord. Okay, that's the deal. That's the first step in the deal. Okay, next. Then I saw in scripture that God was a missionary God. I remember as a young man reading the Bible and I kept seeing this phrase. And God did this, and God did this with Israel. And there was this phrase, that all the world may know that I am the Lord. That all the nations may hear that I am the Lord and I am the only one. That I am the great one. You know what he was saying? That all the world would know that, that I'm the big one. I'm the main God, the God of the universe. And so I learned that, he's, that what he's doing, what's driving history, he's not just interested in making America great again. Sorry, that's not his goal. Or to make China great again. There's a whole group over there trying to make China number one. Or let's make Turkey number one. I know, I've been to that country. All they want to do is make Turkey great again. It's not about making your company great again and your job great again and you be the teacher of the year. What's God all about? He's interested in making his name great among all peoples. So what do we do, David? Just quit all our jobs and get on that? No, 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 no. No, he has given you gifts and, and talents and degrees and jobs and communities and neighborhoods, okay? But he's about gathering all to his throne. The next thing that happened is I discovered the state of the gospel. I can remember sitting in my car and just weeping. I learned about the state of the Muslim world, and I just went, this is incredible. These huge pockets of people groups with no Bibles, no Christians, no churches. And I didn't even know what an unreached people group was. And I learned that these people are actually coming to my city. I was studying in another state and I started looking around and began to look more for people from other countries and from these places. And so I saw the disparity of the gospel and I said, Lord, I, I don't know. I don't know. Use me. Here I am. This seems to be what you're about and things aren't going well. Let's go to the next step. And then I realized I must give a personal response, right? He owns me. You remember that part? Christ had already sent us out. And sorry, guys, here's the bad news. Most of the church in history had not gone and was not going. That's the reality. Leaving a huge imbalance of the gospel around the world. I simply asked myself, should I go? Could I go? I'm just this kid from Midtown Memphis. What on earth can I do? But, you know, I thought in light of my spiritual and material blessings, I asked myself, why shouldn't I go? If not me, then who? Wait a minute, Dave, is that how you got called? You asked, you said, why shouldn't I go? Yeah, that's kind of how it went with me. Why shouldn't I, if not you, David? 
But David, but I didn't just get on a plane then. We're going to show you that there's steps you need to step out and start doing. Right when you leave this room, there's some tables out there where you can start taking steps to get involved in global missions right here in Memphis. You can start praying. Have y'all started to pray for the nations? That's how God sent me and my wife. I want you to know, I didn't just, oh, Lord, I give it all. Oh, and then I got online on Orbitz and bought a ticket. That's not how I got there. Okay? All right. So King David, what did he say? He learned that he was blessed to be a blessing. We're gonna go, we're gonna go to the next one. Isaiah himself would later write in his book, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Why did Isaiah know this? He had seen the Lord. He had seen the Lord in heaven. Next, throughout the history of God's people, we see the same heartbeat. So I just want you to show you, I was a simple guy from Midtown, okay? There are ordinary people throughout history and we could spend the rest of the day showing you stories of just ordinary people. Their names have become famous today. They weren't, they were simple people who caught the same thing that I did. William Carey was just a shoe cobbler who became a missionary to India. You know what he said? To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations with him. He, see, he saw a direct connection, okay? To missions, to the nations, and belonging to Jesus. The same thing I told you earlier. This guy named Henry Martin, he went out to reach Muslims. You know what he said? The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. So is that why missions is a big deal here at ICC? Is that one of our values? Do you know why it is? Because God, it's on God's heart. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer we get to Christ, the more intensely missionary we become. Is your church that you grew up in missionary? Are they missionary? Not really. Then they're not close to Christ. Next, this guy named James Calvert, I love this story. He was a missionary to the cannibals of Fiji. He was getting off the boat. They were dropping him off at the island. And the captain said, you will lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go among these savages. And he turned around and said, we died before we came here. And the captain's like, what are you talking about? I just told you, I belong to someone else. I've already given my life to him. My name's written in the book of life in heaven. Yeah, but you guys might die today and live forever with Jesus. This guy, he said, I got it, we're good. And he jumped in the boat. Hudson Taylor, what did he say? The Great Commission is not an option to be considered, it's a command to be obeyed. And that's back to that same thing of, well, these guys are called. Isn't that really neat? Man, David, you guys are our heroes. Goodness gracious, y'all been over there for so how long? I don't like that. Jesus doesn't like that. Guys, I was an English teacher at the University of Memphis. I moved overseas to teach English in another country amongst unreached peoples. Oh, but wait a minute, David, you were a missionary. I know you were. Yes, okay, you want to give me that title. But I'm telling you, the calling on my life started at the throne of Christ. It did not start with getting new data, okay? Okay, 
C.T. Studd, that's my favorite name in case I ever change it, missionary to China. If Jesus Christ be God and died for me, remember that? He bought and sold me. There's no sacrifice too great for me to make for him. You know, a guy getting in the boat, what are you doing, man? You might die out there. He gave his life for me. End of story. Do you see the same theme? This guy, John Falconer, uh, he went out to reach Muslims and he says, I have but one candle of life to burn and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. Wow, that's one of my favorite. I just got one little light, Lord. I don't know what I can do. Can I, can I see a people movement? I have no idea. So what, what dark place will you take your one candle of life to burn? Oh my goodness, Dave's going to ask us to stand up and get a ticket. No, I'm not. There are dark places all over the place, okay? But here, if I could do something today, and we're going to have a little fun real quick. I know I'm running out of time. You've seen the ICC bus outside, okay? What you don't know is there's an ICC helicopter as well. And if we could all get in this ICC helicopter right now, if I could load you up and fly you out to some disaster zones, okay, like a flood, okay, just an overwhelming disaster site, or maybe another one like there's been an airplane crash, or maybe another one like a tornado is hit or a hurricane is hit. I've been to an earthquake zone, and I looked at everybody in the helicopter, and I said, okay, everyone out of the helicopter, you think some of you are going to go, I can't carry a whole lot. I'm not a real mechanic. I'm not sure I can do a whole lot. I don't know what part I can play. You guys are doing awesome out there. Are you going to scream that out the window? Get off the helicopter. Why? Have you looked out the window? Have you seen the state of things? There's something for you to do. I promise you, you get off the helicopter right now and you grab a blanket. You sit with that woman and you pray with her. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I know y'all need doctors. You need guys that can climb on a roof with saws. Get off the helicopter, okay? You follow me? We say things like all hands on deck. What, what, what does the Navy mean by that? What's going on? We're in a battle. We need everyone's help. There's a something for all of us to do, okay? So, are you called to global missions? Yes. yes, thank you. You've learned your lesson today. What part do you play? Well, you might go, and I've already told you, we'd love for you to take your vocation with you, take your job with you. Short-term, long-term, give. Some of you say, man, I think I can make a ton of money. Okay, fuel the mission. Guys, there are businessmen that have stayed here and they have made millions of dollars in field the mission. And yet some people say, well, I thought you were going to be a missionary. What? Thank God he did what he did or she did what she did. Prayer. You guys can change the world right here, right in your living room. You can care for the global partners. Go visit them. I did. I visited some of them just in Christmas time. It was awesome to encourage them. Go visit them. And you can wel welcome the nations that are coming here. Guys, the Lord says, if you can't get over there, trust me, I'll bring them to you. I'm bringing the nations to you. So I just, I want you to get out of your stereotypes. 
That's what I'm trying to break here. Some people are called to be a missionary, and that's what David's looking for. Two or three, stand up. Thank you. I'll come talk to you afterwards. The rest of you go home. That is not the deal. All hands on deck, everybody out of the helicopter, okay? And our goal right here is to see all members discover your particular gifting. That's right. You say, David, I don't know my part. I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't even know if I'm an evangelist. I'm sort of scared of some of these different peoples. Okay, come talk to us. That's what we're here for. Get trained. Guys, if you're going to take the gospel across cultures, we want you to have a little training. We want you to learn some things. I didn't just go out and say, it can't be that hard. I've got the gospel in my back pocket. No, guys, there, it is challenging to cross these cultural barriers. We want you to be trained, and we want everyone to become mobilized to make their unique contributions. So what are the six ways? I've touched on them already. We call it strategic giving, informed prayer, focused care for our partners, short-term, engaging internationals, and then prepare to go by joining what we call the Global Missions Cohort. So what's our core truth? And I'll end right here. We want everybody to be a global Christian. Are you a global Christian? What is a Christian? You belong to Christ. You know who you belong to. You don't get to sit on the bus. You don't get to stay on the helicopter. You don't get to look out the window or shut the window. A lot of us just close the curtain and hope we don't don't know what's going on out there. I showed up in an earthquake zone and I was overwhelmed. I just didn't know what, guys, I'm not that good. It's okay. Listen, come over here. Can, Can you just, can you just move that stuff over there? Yes, I can do that. I can do that. But a lot of us sit there and think, I, I don't have, you know, I'm not a medical, or maybe I'm not really strong, or I'm not an evangelist. I don't even know if I'm good at languages. That's not the point. The Lord says, get off the bus, and we'll find a place for you. But the first step is for you to get off the helicopter and quit sitting inside saying, Really appreciate those of you that have left the helicopter. I just don't think I can do that. But you've got to recognize that God has a heart for all peoples. You've got to, right? What do we usually say during Go Month? We don't get to be a redneck, okay? We don't get to, need, get to be racists. We don't get to put down other cultures, other colors, That's not the spirit of Christ. I love seeing all the different peoples in here from different ethnic backgrounds and languages. You know why? Because that looks more like heaven. You know? Some people just want one color. One, you know, what's all these weird languages? What's all this different food? Man, the first day of heaven's gonna be awesome. It's probably gonna smell like garlic and curry. And we're not even gonna know the instruments. They're gonna be so much interesting music. And we're like, what is going on? And we're all going to be worshiping the Lord from all these different peoples. It's going to be awesome. That's what he's about. But have you seen the disparity of the gospel? Things are out of balance. We've got to make an effort or else it's not going to get done. We can't just status quo, okay? And then we commit to discovering your particular contribution. So you're going to walk out of here and there's going to be some things on the wall and there's some tables. 
What are you going to sign me up for? Go get information. Don't be afraid, but find your part. I want to pray for us before we go. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for helping me get through this. Thank you, Lord, for your word that just makes it so clear. It's so simple. Thank you for the vision you gave to Isaiah. I think if we could interview Isaiah today, he would say, I saw the Lord, and that changed everything. I saw him for who he was in heaven. I saw what was going on in heaven, and, and suddenly I knew the rest of my life. However, I would get there, using whatever means to get there, my, my gifts, my talents, my vocation. Lord, would you remind us once again of who we belong to and show us your mission and show us our place. Thank you for this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you again for joining us for today's Bible teaching from Island Community Church in downtown Memphis. We want to encourage you to join us in person for worship soon. No podcast can ever replace the good design of God in gathering in person with other believers for worship in a local church. For more gospel resources and ways to connect with ICC, you can visit us at iccmemphis.com. As we close, we offer a prayer of blessing for you from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks again for joining us.